0: by books, a podcast of authors across the genres talking about that one thing we are all bound by, books. I'm one of your hosts, writer Danielle Bannister, and I'm joined today by fellow writer Tina Moss.
1: Hello, how are you today, Danielle? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I can't, you know, I'm living in Maine here, so I should be, you know, used to the extreme weathers, but we literally went from minus 15 for three days in a row to a snowstorm to 47 degrees in the span of like two days.
1: You're oh you're at 47 degrees now Fahrenheit. We were yesterday. We were crazy. yesterday. I was shoveling
0: slush. I mean, it was literal water. It was oh my it was a gosh. mess. It was a mess.
1: Yeah, we we are cold down here in New York, but like I I don't know about you, but I feel like the older I get, the less tolerance I have for cold. <laughs> I'm yes. just like over yes.
0: it. <laughs> I see now why people want to go to Florida. Oh, I, <laughs> just to, I totally get there.
1: the whole you know uh, what do they call them when they're when they're fleeing the yes. winter?
0: Yes, whatever I get that is, I get it. I, get it.
1: I do. Yeah yeah
0: yeah that's really one of the only things that i would sort of like be like okay i would be willing to be in a relationship if somebody was there to shovel for me like you know what (laughs) if that was like your one job and we were married but you were in charge of shoveling and killing the spiders
1: (laughs) there you go that's it you know that's that's what i need you around for (laughs) shovel and kill spiders
0: (laughs) the the occasional jar opened i don't you know
1: (laughs) I bang it on the floor, too, the jar. I am a simple woman. I don't need much. <laughs> I so, mean, and, and you're wearing your Bucky shirt, so Bucky has the arm, and he's you know, capable of doing exactly.
0: all Exactly. So Any applicants go. fitting this description?
1: <laughs> Do you have a super cybernetic arm? <laughs> you know. You kill spiders and much.
0: shovel and open jars. That's right. That's, that's right. it. Done. It's <laughs> ironic that, that we're talking about spiders, because mm-hmm. that's actually... we're. We're actually going to be talking a little bit about spiders today. Um, our topic today is one that I'm kind of stupid excited about. We're going to continue our our Marvel deep dive mm-hmm. into how Marvel sort of connects to good writing, and so this week we're going to dive into Spider-Man: No Way Home. There will be spoilers yes. if you haven't seen it yet. You know, I went. I went opening night with my daughter because it happened to be her birthday her sweet 16th birthday was the opening night and she's I made her I turned her into a very big Marvel fan I (laughs) she reluctantly started watching them with me she's like okay mom I'll watch one so you'll stop bugging me to watch these with you and I got her hooked. (laughs) so for her 16th birthday she really wanted to bring a gaggle her of her friends to see opening night she'd never been able to an experience a, a big release marvel movie with like an an active audience oh awesome so she wanted that but it was opening night and we live in a small town mm. and i knew that and, and they don't they don't take you don't have pre-orders there you have to show up at the door i mean they're they're old school they oh have wow three theaters, three theaters and only one of them was showing spider-man so I was oh, like, no. there's a chance that you're not going to get this on your birthday. There's a, there's a very real chance, but we're also a really small town. So mm-hmm. I was able to contact the owner <laughs> and said, Hey, here's the deal. I got a kid who really, and he made sure that it happened. He's like, you get oh. here at this time and I will make sure that you get in." And that's so and did. cool. Yeah. And I mean, it was limited seating because of COVID.
1: So it was even less that they could let in, but, oh.
0: She that's had amazing, amazing though
1: that's that's like i don't know that's some epic parenting right there it's <laughs>
0: levels through the room like we gotta
1: She's make like, that i'm happen. going to call the theater that's to right make it's sure gonna happen
0: i'm gonna uh, the introvert is gonna pick up a phone and it's gonna call somebody okay. so and did she appreciate the level to which you went to she, she did. She made sure that she said, mom, I'm sitting beside you because you're the only one who's going to get it at the level that I'm going to get it. And all night long, we were like squeezing each other and screaming and like patting each other and That's pointing. So
1: cool. and. Oh, I love yeah. it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was good. Some of her friends had never seen a Marvel movie and this was their first Marvel movie. Okay. So she was like worried that they're not going to understand it, but I think they got it.
1: I mean, I it's still they- a really, just really well good, done yeah. film even if you yes. don't have and obviously we'll get into it there's a ton of nostalgia right. to it but even if yes. you don't have the background I think it's still a very watchable and fun film so
0: yeah and that's what I was telling her friends she was like Marvel does a really good job of creating a movie that is watchable even if you haven't seen everything mm-hmm. but also will pay off those people who have watched things yeah you will get a, a different experience if you you've seen them so that that is a credit to the writing and the planning and the foresight that they had um in creating
1: what a great thing for you know writers to think about too in terms of you know paying off longtime fans right somebody who's read all your books and followed you through series when you have kind of those easter eggs and inside jokes with readers like that's something that marvel does really well and i think that authors can take to heart when creating a, a long-time career. So yeah. you want to be accessible to new readers in every single book, but also you want to give that level of like insiderness to your, your long-time readers. Is there any way that you think yeah, of that, that you, you do that or that you might start to do that for some of the readers that have followed you through um, several different genres that you write in? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do write in several different genres. I pick on you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to stay in my lane. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be better. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, like, if there's something that's gonna be a series of books. So like my later in life series, um, Doppelganger, Must Love Coffee, and um, Taking Stock, Mm -hmm. those are later in life romances that happen in the same small fictional town. They can each be read as a standalone, but they each have crossover characters. So there might be the, you know, the grocery store worker from Doppelganger is now in Taking Stock and maybe, you know, the coffee barista is so if you read all of them you'll be like oh I know who that is or oh yeah oh that's that's what their story is and oh, so it's it. it's a it's a payoff in that way but it's not you don't need to read them all in order to appreciate it mm-hmm. ask if you had any that would that were that were like that, that had any sort of Easter egg payoffs?
1: Um, So I do. So there's a really funny one in um, one of my books and it's based on an author group from, oh God, I want to say it's, we're looking at 15 years. It's at least a decade ago. I think we're catching up on 15 years at this point that when we were all first writing whatever we were writing at that time, we were gonna put this phrase in and it was gonna carry through all of our books. So there's about, I think uh, at least 10 of us who did it, maybe 12. So if you, if you know, you know, and if you can find the phrase of all oh. the different books, um, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal it, but oh, that's, that's one fun. thing. And then recently I decided because I was dipping into sci-fi romance that I was going to create a character that was going to be an interdimensional being that could essentially go anywhere in any time in any world. So I have these ridiculously cute. Here, wait. For our YouTube audience, I'll I'll show an image on the screen. These are called Florins, and they're basically you know my version of a corgi and kitsune, which is a nine-tailed fox, but they only have three tails. But yeah, I created this creature, and now he appears in various stories, regardless of genre. I might even go back and pop him into some of my older books, um, and that's kind of just a fun, silly way to connect all of my books, regardless of of genre, time period, etc. So, I think it's that fun was-
0: for for readers who have read them all. They'll be like. It's, yep. it's kind of like
1: a Stanley cameo, right? It's like, there exactly, it is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I let my, um, my reader group pick what color the Florin oh. is in each individual story, so.
0: That's nice. So there's some ownership there, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I, I really like working with a reader group, and I don't know if Marvel does this, but I do think it's a fun idea of people that are essentially fans of your books asking them for different things. Like, do you like this name or that name better for a main character? Is this trope more of interest to you or that trope? And I found that that's a really fun way to bring people in and also get some good ideas for stories. Yeah. They must do some
0: sort of like testing of stuff. They must. They just must.
1: And if not they I, certainly encourage fan theories like they are sure. all about have fans just Well you know. I think that
0: I think that, <laughs> the, the, that they're paying very much attention to mm-hmm. everything that's going on and that's also another way that they can pay off readers later. They can go what are what are people latching on to? What are people really excited about? What do they really want to see? And maybe we can take that idea and go, you know what? They really like this. Let's find a way right. to bring that
1: i think that's why loki essentially got his own show and i think that's why spider-man no way home went in the direction it did with with bringing back the actors who played spider-man's in other movies which is essentially now other universes because the mcu brought in this whole multiverse idea so we could have this crossover from different movies um it was really well done and cleverly done to bring that nostalgia back for people that saw you know the the other Spider-Man characters in these other movies at, at a younger age. So people who are are older and remember the older Spider-Man movie because every generation I think at this point has their Spider-Man, right? Yeah. oh so yeah like, who was Spider-Man for you? was your Spider-Man? Yeah. Who's your first? <laughs> yeah. Um, for example, I had uh one of my students, he's a uh senior in high school now. So he's a former student of mine and he text me to tell me about colleges he get got into. And I was very excited, of course. And I'm like, oh my God, that's great. And then I was like, okay, but more importantly, what do you think about No Way Home? So then we had, you know, the whole conversation about Spider-Man because um, Garcia was, uh, uh, sorry, Garfield. Why did I say Garcia? Uh, was his oh. Spider-Man where Maguire was mine. Spider-Man. So, and, and he had, uh, so he had all of this, um, nostalgia for for that character where i I had seen the other movies of course but mcguire was the first spider-man for me so there's a certain level of like you know that's my spider-man type of thing even although honestly i really love tom holland and i think he's probably my favorite (laughs) spider-man so scary to say that because people will automatically come for you um no matter who you go
0: because everybody because everybody has their favorite and and it's not necessarily who you saw first I mean Mm -hmm. sometimes it is I mean it's not for me who my favorite is but I have favorites for different reasons like I have a favorite I have a favorite Spider-Man and I have a favorite you know uh actor who Mm -hmm. act you know so we'll we'll talk about about those later because I want to I want to dive into some favorites and and things sort of at the end we'll do like a little rapid fire maybe of favorite characters and villains and things like that so um i want i'm curious did you go to see us uh, no way home on opening night or did you
1: see it opening weekend or? okay so this is going to just speak to my brain for a second and i know the writers out there will understand i don't remember <laughs> this is i'm on deadline right now so my entire brain is just only about about writing deadlines oh, sh- and I literally when you when I saw because um for those of you who have been listening a while Danielle is a planner uh, am- and she planned some of these questions so I looked at them and I was like I cannot for the life of me remember if I went to see it on a wedding night or not but I did see it if I didn't see it opening night, I know I saw it um, soon after it released. Um, I have my usual crew of friends that are all, you know, Marvel fans that we go with. So nice. it's it's all kind of blends together sometime of who, when, what, and when. It's usually just all the same. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, but I did. I was really careful of avoiding spoilers. I didn't look at anything. Like I didn't. Yeah, me either. Like, no, I, wasn't, I didn't even want to go online at all I'm like
0: the, the week leading up to it I'm like I, do I have to go online for anything because somebody's going to spoil this I
1: know I just I immediately don't like if I this. saw anything Spider-Man if I even saw yep. like you know blue and red I'm yep. like click away click I'm it. done <laughs> you know what? no don't want to see it no absolutely I was the same way I could I could not have um, any spoilers for yeah. for Spider-Man but uh what so one of the things that you had in in our little planning segment was talking about the post credit scene in carnage yes and then yes. um so so, and the Sony character, Venom. Now, Sony and Marvel have like this weird relationship. I don't want to really go into all no. of that because it's it's right. like, I feel like it's political almost at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But um, giving us uh, Tom Holland's MCU Spider-Man, we did have these like blurring of the lines between Sony and MCU projects. So did you go back and then rewatch the other Spider-Man movies for this movie? So I once we
0: saw once we heard rumblings that there might the villains might be coming back mm-hmm. i was like you know what we we need to watch it my daughter hadn't seen them she had right. only seen the the mcu product she hadn't seen any of the the sony spider-man and she was like i don't know if i really want to watch them i'm like i think you might need to mm-hmm. for no way home i have a feeling that you're going to need to know at least something from these and so we watched through them and we started with you know the tobies because mm-hmm. that's where it started then we went to andrews um and she she she's it, she is my daughter <laughs> i'm just gonna say she is my daughter she felt the same way about these movies as i as i did mm-hmm. garfield is her guy <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and i i think that's normal <laughs> I think, yeah.
0: she's like the the first ones were a little too campy a little too cheesy a little too melodramatic toby's got a kind of a not not expressive face he's just kind of there and the 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 plot wasn't wasn't it wasn't really very compelling the characters i guess weren't very compelling to her um but she really loved the character work in the amazing Mm spider-man but not necessarily the plot Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The char- some of the characters are really strong, but the plot was all over the place. Right. Um, <laughs> so she was thrilled with No Way Home. Mm-hmm. You know, she was she was beyond the moon. Um, so that that is, I guess, that's something that speaks to sort of that that writing things that you know readers want. And this yep. could have played out really poorly. Oh yeah. Like this could have been a movie that was like, oh, this was just a movie, a fan service movie, that this yep. was, they could have completely went off the rails with it, but it didn't. It really felt earned and it felt weighted.
1: It, it, it felt like- It felt yeah. very weighted. I, in talking, um, like I said with my student about this, I it was intense. Like I was not prepared for the level of intensity. I think because I always have again, um, you know, Toby may not be my favorite, but I do still have in my mind Spider Man being that like campy Flash Gordoness, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok campiness yeah. of the MCU, and I, and and Andrew's movies are obviously much darker. Tom's, I think, are somewhere in the middle, but I still, in the back of my mind, I think because that was my first introduction to Spider-Man on the screen, I still had this weird expectation of, like, lighthearted campiness, and there are dark moments in the the first original films, too, but, but still, it has that overall feel of, like, this is, you know, this is an alternate universe where you're not going to get hurt in it, really, it's kind of funny and, and more lighthearted, um, this even is in a it, safe space even in its darker moments your feels aren't gonna get hurt right but in this right. film oh yeah. my i was clutching my chest i was <laughs> crying i'm like i am emotionally drained afterwards like i yeah. loved it but also this was a lot <laughs>
0: yeah yeah there was screams of absolute joy Mm -hmm. and there was shock and there was like stillness and to Mm -hmm. experience that sort of feeling in a shared environment was like oh yeah this is why we went to the movies yeah this is why this wouldn't have felt the same on just seeing it in my living room right there's a reason I needed to see this movie in this space and I think that's why theater like that is never really going to go away because mm-hmm. that shared experience is so unique.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, but, and I don't uh, know if it's too early to go into, but, and this is going to be a major spoiler if you haven't seen it, so. We've I'll warned pres- you. <laughs> you've been warned. Um, <laughs> the moment where Andrew catches MJ and she looks up at him after he asks, are you okay? And she says, are you okay? And the look on his face, I don't know if it was the actor or the director or a combination of the two, but that moment captured on film yeah. was honestly, it was so quick and so like, could have just been easily breezed over, but they had this close-up shot of his face and you just, every emotion was in his face. Like every emotion that he was feeling mm-hmm. that we as the audience were feeling was captured on a film. And I thought it was, it was really beautiful and well done, and it it was heartbreaking, but yep. it was really impressive to me to see that that captured in a what does people think of as just you know another superhero film? I think we've so moved beyond the idea of a of a just a superhero film you know in air quotes to it really being a medium to express, um, human emotions and mm-hmm. ideas and societal conflicts, especially with the new Marvel shows that have come out recently. Yeah. And, and that moment for me was like the pinnacle of all of it.
0: I just saw it actually in an interview with him, how he was talking about what that moment was for him. Mm-hmm. And when he is asking, are you, are you okay? He is hearkening back to when he's, holding Gwen saying you're okay yep. like you're okay right you're okay you're okay and so he doesn't quite believe that MJ is okay because mm-hmm. in his mind he's like still back at Gwen like this I, I failed I failed and so to have her confirm that she's okay is like I didn't screw up this time I I, right. I, I, I saved someone so yeah I mean and I think that that is something that only Garfield could have pulled off yeah I think Tom could have done a good job but I think Garfield got the gut punch. He's great with a gut punch.
1: And I think the difference there, too, between Garfield and Maguire, and not to take anything away from Maguire as an actor, but there is another scene, against spoiler, where, you know, Tom's about to to take the, um, what is that thing called? You know, the, the glider. The glider, yes, thank you, yeah. the glider, and really... Uh, and uh, <laughs> finish the job <laughs> finish, yeah finish the job <laughs> and um maguire's spider-man stops him and it's just as like for me it's just like one of those pinnacle moments but there's something about it that's not as impactful as as the scene with with um andrew and mj there's something just so much deeper about the resonance of emotions on Andrew's face in that moment that unfortunately um, is not captured with Toby McGuire and I think it could have been, and yeah. I and I don't know if it's like I said if it's um just a a lacking of a facial expression or whatever, but there was something just missing in that moment yeah. that the other one captured for me. But I did recognize it in the writing part that like oh here's that's what they want here's in the writing here's where the script writers went boom this is where we hit the audience you know right 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 So and, that's, think- and that's sometimes
0: where the writer and the actor don't they don't line up but you can mm-hmm. you can see it there on the page you can yep. see <laughs> see it, and that can like translate if you're doing a a, a book and a, and a narrator maybe it doesn't quite hit the way that you know maybe you heard it in your head so there you know sometimes things get lost in translation
1: and I and I have to say I don't think it's that like you know I did anything wrong in that scene I think it's because we got the Andrew scene first that was just so like hard hitting that the one that came after I was like this could be another one of those moments yeah. but it's not because my heart's already been destroyed
0: <laughs> yeah did, did your audience like Have that like moment of like
1: oh Oh, there was a like an audible yeah yeah oh there was a collective audible I think somebody in the I forget in the theater itself but somebody was like damn like you know (laughs) (laughs) came out and I and we got it like I I just I I would hope that as writers when we are putting words on the page we're really thinking like in that mindset of how can I capture this emotion to the best of my ability and make my reader feel something
0: yeah yeah because i mean ultimately that's that's sort of the writer's job we Mm -hmm. want to put somebody else in to our character's shoes we want you to sort of live their life and live their experience we want you to feel empathy toward them and and if we've done our job right you Mm -hmm. take the journey along with the character right and that only works if if that is in the writing itself right right
1: And, you know, um, you were talking a little bit before about how this movie easily could have, could have went in the other direction and and kind of been blown off. So what do you think it is that made it like this really great film and not just another eye roll? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
0: think first off, what I think that's that Sony did that was right is they sort of let kevin feige do Mm -hmm. what kevin feige does best and he let the movie be driven by character Mm -hmm. and not by plot Mm -hmm. um i think this was up until the even the filming that even all of the spideys would have an idea for something and if it was a good idea they do it you know Mm -hmm. they're allowed the freedom to do it it's not like no, 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 this is, this is the box we have to stay in, which is sort of what I think sometimes other movies do. Like, you no, know, the producers want this, the producer wants this. And so you have to sort of tick off all these boxes and it becomes less about what the story is supposed to be versus mm-hmm. what we think audiences are gonna want and need. And right. so with, with Kevin Feige, it's the best idea wins and it doesn't really matter where it comes from. Mm-hmm. If it's the best idea and it's gonna work, to to move the story forward he makes sure that it happens and i think this one was a very strong character driven movie yes it had a lot of plot there was a lot of plot don't don't get me wrong but it was the characters and the character arcs Mm -hmm. plural yeah that that really made this movie great for me i mean these movies didn't necessarily focus on uh the plot but they focused on Spidey as a character right right it felt like the plot was there but it was on the back burner it was more important what these relationships with these characters were um and you know as much as I I loved Andrew in The Amazing Spider-Man I feel like the character was what was put on the back burner in those movies yeah for sure let's put this plot as much plot as we can and Mm -hmm. it never felt I never felt fully connected with the characters that I think that I should have. Um, so I think that that is really the difference for mm-hmm. me. What about, what about you? Is there something that definitely made it work for
1: you? I mean, there's definitely the nostalgia aspect, right? So, so Marvel was really great at pulling in the older audience who has seen the films, who has grown up with them and saying, oh, well- now you guys are the older ones and we're going to bring back your Spider-Man to, to show you exactly where they are in their lives now. So it's kind of nice in that way. Cause I immediately was like, okay, Toby's in this generational bracket, Andrew's in this one. And then we have Tom Holland and we have, we essentially have three generations of Spider-Man. And there's something about that, that if Okay, so not to to hate on Star Wars because I am a Star Wars (laughs) fan. Um, So so don't come for for me, Star Wars people. But there is something that Marvel did in this movie that I think Star Wars really missed out on. And that was making the spider Man and where they were now super believable. Like I I instantly believe that, you know, Toby Spider-Man had kind of like, almost grown out of being spider-man and had moved on a little bit and yeah maybe he still does the occasional but he's he's a family guy now and he's a little older and you know he's middle-aged and that's that's how that works and andrew is still kind of fighting loss and fighting failure and never quite recovering from that and i was just so believable as to where they left off in the prior films to who they are now whereas unfortunately with star wars the characters were a little less believable than where they were now <laughs> and I'll, I'll leave that there but yeah. I, I think that kind of continuity really um made the story come alive for me because if we had had in a different way like if if Toby had suddenly become like this rising star and this you know mega super powerful spider-man or something it, it would have felt so off to that character and if if Andrew had um, you know, gone the other direction and suddenly became uh, this uh, mild mannered family man, it would have been lovely for him and he would have had the happy ending, but it wouldn't be true again to where they left off in the other films. So I think they were very good at the continuity and I think that's what allowed this film to feel more believable.
0: And that's, that's, a, that's another lesson right there, right? That you can look at through writing is that that continuity. Do mm-hmm. these characters, especially if you're doing a series or a, a trilogy or do the characters, do they work book to book? Not necessarily are they staying st- stagnant? Are they mm-hmm. the same character in every book? Because that would be boring, right? right. Does the character go through an arc in this series? Is, is there growth for them? And is the growth appropriate for what you've set up for the characters, right? And so that's that's, yeah. that's, that's a way to, to look at it too, I think.
1: I think there's also something about timing too, because just uh, thinking back to Star Wars again, like if a lot of time has passed and you're going to make the characters, in my opinion, fundamentally different from where you left them, I think the problem is if you don't have any in-between storyline to get us from point A to essentially point Z now, then it's going to feel um, unbelievable. Even if in your mind that backstory is all there and it's all made sense to lead up to this point, if you don't show any of that to the audience, it's going to leave them feeling on the outside. And the last thing you want a viewer or in our case, a reader to feel is, is like they're on the outs. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't immerse yourself into a world if you don't feel connected to the people in the world. Exactly. So speaking of, speaking of characters and whether or not you connect to them, um, I want to bring up a, a, a character in Spider-Man No Way Home and whether or not this was a, a, an earned moment for you or not. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about Aunt May's death.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So with this movie, they decided to kill off aunt may versus uncle ben Mm -hmm. and i think that was a a smart play Mm -hmm. um but what do what do you think did did the did the death pay off for you was did 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 you feel that connection when she passed did you think that was the right move
1: so i think it was the right move and i think the scene was actually done very very well i think giving us um the false hope that she had you know not been injured and had made it was 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 the, was the way to go because it created that sense of like, oh, they're not going to do this again. You know, oh, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden it
0: wasn't. She's
1: it was, not Uncle Ben, she's fine. Yeah, she's, fine. she's not Uncle Ben, she's good. She you know, we, ah, thought, we thought we saw the glider like go through her, but no, clearly we were wrong. It must've been a flick right. of our imagination or something. Right. She's fine. And then to, to take that away in such a, and, and again, Tom did brilliantly with this in such a really visceral way. Um, I I thought that was well done. The issue that I had was I never felt the full connection between Spider-Man and Aunt May in these films. I think it's, and I don't think it's a gender thing because I think there could have been a a bigger connection. I think it comes down to the difference between um, Aunt May and her more, hands-off approach to her relationship with with peter parker in the sense that she's not an absentee parent by any means but but peter is very much on his own in a lot of these films and i actually think the greater connection is with happy and i and i think if they would have um gotten gotten rid of happy yeah. It would have given us the same emotional connection as yeah. Uncle Ben. I think the issue yeah. was more the, the connection that was built up between these two characters or lack thereof than the actual character itself. Because I think you still could have had Aunt May, but you just would have had to have a lot more backstory where they were connecting yeah. on a like life learning lesson on a mentor mentee style um because that's really the relationship between uncle ben yeah. and peter parker in and in i the think prior that's
0: where they didn't i don't think
1: were thinking
0: about aunt may dying in this movie when they did spider-man's one and two definitely because not. i think if they had been thinking that They would have not gone the Aunt May happy relationship sort Mm -hmm. of route for Aunt May. They would have, in fact, done just that. But I don't think they, I think that probably came, that idea came way late in yeah. the process and they
1: tried to build it up in the film itself by having her you know take care of the homeless and <laughs> they showing, tried to do all the work in one movie <laughs> right and showing peter like what's important and all that right. i'm like but but no because that's not it, yeah. who you've been through the prior film so i know where you're trying to go but this is right this doesn't quite work the same right
0: right right yeah i i agree i mean i it, it was she needed to go mm-hmm um and i'm i'm glad that we didn't get sort of that origin story that we got again with mm-hmm. the uncle ben dying and the spider bite i'm glad that the last trilogy didn't tackle that origin story that we went a different direction and it took a unique spin but i think you're right they didn't they didn't earn that moment in the way they probably wanted to earn that moment and it was just i think a lack of not planning that plot idea out Sooner, and that happens right. when you're writing too, right? You have this moment of like, oh, this would be epic, but I didn't really set it up for it. I'm mm-hmm. like, will the
1: readers notice? Yeah, <laughs> they'll notice. <laughs> yeah, they'll definitely they'll notice. notice. <laughs> because it's not to yeah. say like that that Peter doesn't care about Aunt May. It's it's right. no, aunt, and he lives with her. Obviously, he loves. her And now her. he is utterly alone. Oh, utterly <laughs> alone. Oh, there's the heartbreak. <laughs> completely take it all away from him shatter his reality completely perfect <laughs> yeah yeah it's
0: great it's great it's great here's a here's a little i, I i'm sorry i'm gonna geek out a little bit but here's a little easter egg thing and that maybe people know or not but uh i because i'm an Andrew Gopher found i've also watched tick tick boom which you haven't mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it yet fabulous but there's a moment in tick tick boom where he's drinking out of a paper coffee cup and it's the same coffee cup at the end that MJ hands.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, it's the same cup. Oh, that's so cool. Oh. I love stuff like that. <laughs> so that's like an Easter egg of completely different. You but know, That's so fun.
0: That's yeah, just it's fun.
1: Because I'm assuming Tic Tick, Tick Boom is Sony also. It's Netflix. Oh. Somebody I think maybe it was an
0: Andrew Garfield idea. Somebody I mean, got along. Somebody gave the okay. I'm, I'm sure probably Andrew Garfield was like, why
1: don't I do this? That's, you know. that's so cool.
0: Why not? Or it could have been an epic coincidence. I mean, maybe that's just a generic nah, cup nah. in the New York area. No. Nah. But it seems too convenient that it's the exact same takeout to-go cup. I mean, have it might look, be like the, the to-go cup that all movies use. I don't know. Have you, know how you looked like up? Have you, that have are they,
1: has anybody said anywhere? Like, you know, has anybody recognized it? Have you seen it? Yeah, I've Anything? seen, oh, I've okay. seen
0: people saying it's the same cup, but whether or not it was an intentional thing that I don't know. We're going to go, go with
1: intentional because it we'll sounds go more with intentional.
0: I like it. I like it.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. okay. So
0: we have, we have some time. I wanted to, I wanted to go into some like sort of rapid uh, fire, rapid fire <laughs> sort of questions that Or may not have anything to do with the writing, but they definitely have something to do with the MCU. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to talk to you a second about Electro, a character in this movie and um, in the Amazing Spider-Man characters. Same character. Mm -hmm. Completely different takes on the character. One is blue and not all that with it mentally and, you Mm -hmm. know, and the other is got a black suit on yellow vibes to him and is a hottie and you know has it together what did you think of
1: that like did they Uh, i mean (laughs) I in my mind it was just a different character honestly i when i was watching the film i'm like i i almost didn't put the two together i know it sounds ridiculous but it was so so different so different that my mind just went oh okay we're just going to consider him a different character and not right. really think about it and then afterwards I was like oh wait okay <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> I could I think I was so into the film I wasn't really you know paying it, paying that close of attention right. to it but right. I I mean I get it I get where they were going in in no way home and why they did it it was yeah. a it was off-putting thinking about it afterwards, but I guess in the moment it was fine since it didn't yeah. really distract me from the film. What did you think? Right.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad they made the change because I just, I didn't care for his character and mm-hmm. I thought it was campy and cheesy and melodramatic and just like uh, above <laughs> what, yeah, so come on, this is Jamie Fox. Let's give him something better than this. Yeah. And I think the MCU was like, this is what we would have done if right. we had had a chance to do it. This is what we would have done, right. and so I like what they did, but I'm not. Maybe they didn't explain the transformation not buying as you well. I it was like, okay, that's a pretty thin and, uh, transformation reason there, but okay. Well, mm-hmm. we'll go with it just because he, you know, it, it looks as like a, a better uh, character. Um, are you uh, happy or mad that? Because we we spoke about this a second ago that they didn't give Tom Holland an origin movie like they did with toby and andrew
1: i'm totally fine with it i i don't think he needed it we we had the origin films we i mean spider-man i think is the number one superhero in the comics um sales-wise for marvel if you don't know spider-man's origin story at this point you're living under a rock (laughs) uh,
0: yeah i think anybody if you're not even familiar with that you know oh he got bit by a spider and that's why he has powers Uh, I
1: I did really love the difference when they when all the spider-men are on the screen about the webs that's Toby having the webs and like you know the other two like whoa I gotta fill up my canisters for this that was that was hilarious well and (laughs) there there
0: again is the writing kind of weaving some sort of plot discrepancies yeah. together because sometimes that happens you'll go oh god I didn't really yeah. write and this well fun, I- honestly
1: poking fun at it which in, in a very yes. you know everybody knows this so let's just put
0: it out right. there kind of way right. and I appreciate right. it right <laughs> right yeah and that's that again they're again they're paying attention to Oh, the fans are already sort of mocking us for this. Let's let's just
1: do it anyway. Let's just right. we're let's gonna just... mock ourselves and we're yeah. gonna use Spider-Man. The we'll, different... we'll be in with the Spider-Man. joke for you. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, so talk we were talking
0: about character quite a bit. Um, who do you think is sort of the least developed character in any of the, the Spider-Man uh, I, I wanna say trilogies, but they didn't all get a trilogy. Yeah. The Spider-Man movies, either a hero or a villain. Ooh. Um Who's underdeveloped? Like, uh, really, should have done something more with them.
1: You know, honestly, um, in, in in Toby's films, MJ, I think MJ is just a stockboard heroine. You know, damsel flat, in distress,
0: flat, flat, flat character. character. You know, yeah, I think uh, they see
1: Kirsten Dunst dirty.
0: <laughs> I mean, this is Kirsten Dunst. She can do yeah. some stuff. Give her something she more can. than just you know screaming.
1: Yep, it she was... can do more than scream. It was yeah, it was not good. It was just no. Even yeah. thinking back on it, I'm starting to get angry. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> you can rant yeah. about this for a while. Especially you <laughs> when you see what they did with Glenn. Like, exactly.
0: Come on, you could have done so much more. But again, I think movies have gotten better mm-hmm. with representation. For sure. And this is a, 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 an example of what not to do. <laughs>
1: yeah. this is if you look like a cardboard cutout, yes. you know, damsel yes. in distress, here's a perfect example. Right. Please don't go in that direction Who has again.
0: no character, <laughs> go there. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a really good one. Yeah, that uh, sh- yeah, that would be a good one, and um, probably the the also the the Gwen Stacy of that same universe as well. This just right. sort of two dimensional blonde ditzy, you know. Yep. Unaware of their surroundings and and with no agency, and- like with
1: no agency yeah. of their own whatsoever. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at the same level there. Um, favorite Spider-Man
1: actor? It's so hard. It's so hard mm. because, I mean, I think, I think Andrew's brilliant. I, I, I don't think anybody could deny him as Spider-Man. The only issue I have with him for me is that he's a little too pretty and, it's pretty. A, and a, a little too, like, you know, Hollywood pretty. heartthrob. And that's not his fault. Like, you know, it's not his fault that he's so pretty, but, but just because, because Spider-Man is supposed to be, you know, a little geeky, a little nerdy, like, yeah, he goes through the transformation and he gets the, the Marvel muscles, so to speak. Right. Um, but he's still Peter Parker, average mild mannered type of kid, you know? Right. So I do really love Tom Holland. I, I, kind of adore the, the direction that he's gone and I think he's kind of the perfect mesh between although he is adorable like I, I know a lot of people find him attractive I can't because I just find him so freaking adorable
0: I have yeah. the the, the <laughs> Captain
1: Marvel uh yeah. you know essence to mother him like in <laughs> right 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 right, right. <laughs> but yeah but he's he's so great and and Toby uh, again I think Toby is probably a better actor than what those movies were I think at the time he did right by the role in playing it as campy as he did. I think if he, if it I'm were- I'm going to assume
0: he was directed to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think if it had gone in a different direction, if it had been darker films, I think he, he, he would be a Spider-Man that we say, yeah, we liked him as Spider-Man. I think it was just the way that the films were. I don't think it was anything about him. What about you? Who is your favorite?
0: I think Andrew is the better Spider-Man and Tom is the better Peter Parker
1: that's a great way to put it
0: yep so because because basically for the reasons that you said i mean you can't quite pull off that nerdiness (laughs) (laughs) spider-man sort of because spider-man is supposed to be like sort of that everyman that one that that person that sort of you don't really think could be a superhero and hendrick could totally be a superhero yeah (laughs) clearly (laughs) um so yeah there's that all right so favorite spider-man
1: movie of all of them Ooh. That's a really hard question. I I I almost want to say no way home, which feels like a cop out answer because it does feel like a cop out, but it's gonna be
0: my answer too. Right. Because it just just pays off too many things. It just pays off too many things. And it has the most at the most at stake, the most emotions, the most highs and lows. Um, But it needed all of those other films in order to have
1: that. Yeah, although I will say Into the Spider-Verse and Miles Morales. And I love the little nod to that, even in that. I I can't wait until we get the next film with him. I think the the animation is incredible. I think the storytelling is brilliant. I think, you know, we're going to have a nice big expansion into that particular universe of Spider-Man. But it's, even though he is spider-man it still feels very different from from peter parker spider-man you know i i they yeah. are spider-man but they're different characters in my mind because there's there's yeah. peter and there's miles um so for for strictly peter parker films i would say no way home yeah 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 best villain i love doc ock <laughs> what-
0: about Doc Ock, I don't know what it is either. But there is—I don't know if it's just his cool the the arms that are so cool, or what. I, I mean, Green yeah, Goblin. I, it, yeah. Green and Goblin and No Way Home. I'm yes. um, just, you know, thank you for getting rid of the mask. Thank yes. you, MCU, for destroying it. I think we all were like, yes, let Willem Dafoe be Willem Dafoe. Willem defoe He doesn't
1: need to be masked. Is it? Is it? So is it Green Goblin or is it Willem Dafoe? because I'm starting I think it's Willem Dafoe because Green Goblin is not that great of a villain but Willem Dafoe it's true it's true but Willem Dafoe yeah. I mean there's no it's argument true. I can't it's true. Even, I can't go yeah. anywhere with it because there's no argument for it he's just incredible in everything he does but I do love Doc Ock there's, there's yeah. just something yeah. uh, there about is him. there
0: is something just about that that outfit
1: that's just really stinking cool he's it also really like is. weirdly endearing though because he's kind of yeah. like the the professor who wanted to do well but went wrong and here's why and you kind of want him to have that redemption arc to him so i think it's part of that who was the favorite yeah. villain for you
0: yeah it's probably that that toss-up between again Willem mm-hmm. defoe <laughs> yeah. or or Doc Ock I mean because the other villains are trash <laughs> yeah. sorry, but they were just trash
1: <laughs> they just were trash. not. and they shouldn't they be developed. they, they shouldn't, shouldn't be because yeah. they do have like pretty meaningful backstories um and they should be yeah better than they are I don't know quite what's lacking there I think it's we just have this huge cast and not everybody can be you know number one and like I said, once you get Willem Dafoe on the screen, all bets are off. You're, you're going to, you're falling yeah. into the background. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And, and that, I don't know if that came down to, to acting, to the script writing and that, but there was just something lacking in, in those, those other characters. Speaking about villains, where do you think Venom is going to fit?
1: <laughs> going of- up. <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited for Venom. What Uh, is going to happen? I don't know. I love, I I am so excited to see where they're going to take Venom because I don't know where they're going to go with it, you know? Because so many times, um, unfortunately, when you've been with a series and been with a universe for a while, you can sort of start to see where things are going and you get an idea. You see the pattern,
0: like, okay, this is what this one's going to be about. Yeah. But but with
1: Venom, I have no clue and I love it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I think I'm gonna be happy with whatever direction they take. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I am here for it. Let's go.
1: I mean, Let's at some go. point they are gonna to have to get Peter back to his friends because back to, to you know right that life right. at some point. Yeah. But yeah. but for now, they could really they can go. Mess with for now. Mm-hmm.
0: They could mess with him. The symbiote could latch on to him. This would be a perfect time for him to be
1: latched am on. My Spider-Man? Oh my god. <laughs> what could happen? Why not? Yeah. Um
0: so uh, I guess I'll last I'll end on this last question. What is the best MCU trilogy so far, and why? We've got the Iron Man trilogy, the Captain America trilogy, the Thor trilogy, or the Spider Man trilogy. Which one, and why, is the strongest as a whole?
1: Hmm. I gotta go. Iron dirty Man. Dirty.
0: Iron I, Man. Really? I gotta go okay. Iron Man.
1: And I'll. Okay. I'll and why? I think because I mean, I know a lot of people are going to say Captain America. A younger audience is probably going to say Spider-Man and, and nobody's going to say Thor. Nobody's going to say Thor. No, Ryder no was <laughs> <one laughs> brilliant. The other Sorry. two films were questionable. Yeah, exactly. But, yep. Yeah. yep. Um, <laughs> but Iron Man, be, I guess because it really it starts it off. It establishes the, you know, the the phase of the MCU that we've all come to love. And yeah, there are there are tons of problems with the with some of the earlier films, but there's there's something still, and I guess again it's nostalgia that you know brings the whole thing to life. So I think for me, um, and I and I am an Iron Man fan. Iron over, Man
0: girl. So yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so yeah. like yeah, because and, and I've had this conversation with my friends and my husband many many times. The and I and I know you're you're a Cap girl. So I so <laughs> forgive me. Well, but to me, Captain America is Superman. Iron Man yeah. is Batman. Yeah. And therefore, I I gotta go Iron Man. What do you think? Yeah,
0: yeah, I gotta go Captain America only because of the Bucky Barnes (laughs) arc that happens. Sorry, I (laughs) am team Bucky all the way. But also I just really love the Russo brothers and I think they they completely turned MCU on its head and I Mm. love the direction the writing went and how the stakes were so raised in those last two trilogies, in Winter Mm -hmm. Soldier and in Civil War, just from a writing standpoint alone, those I feel were really strong, written, really strong directed.
1: Um, And I think that's what it is. Iron Man and Captain America trilogies have a lot more weight to them than Spider-Man. With the exception of the last film, they don't feel as weighted in the MCU, as intense, as heavy. So if we're just looking at the the third movie of each of the trilogies, that might be a different conversation. But the trilogies as a whole, I feel like Spider Man is probably not the strongest. Right. No. Yeah.
0: I agree, and I think that that has something to do too with the villains maybe not being as yeah strong as they could have been. And yeah. you know, but that's always a perpetual problem with villains is mm-hmm. is how do you how do you get them to be sort of on the same level as your hero because they really need to hold that same weight they need to balance each other out and oftentimes more weight is given to the hero and so there's
1: right you know, so I this. think that's why Thanos did so well is because he was they so gave him the weight well constructed throughout yep. the the different yep. movies that by the yep. time he really we really got into his story we were already invested Yeah.
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, <laughs> long podcast. If you made it to the end, claps for you. <laughs> we knew it was going to be anytime we're talking Marvel and writing, it's going to happen. Oh,
0: that does it for us today. Be sure to join us next week as we talk more about books and the things that we all love about them in Bound by oh, Books. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.